1: And it's a very, very good evening. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Wayne Turner. The program is Talk at Six with Wayne. And this is our first New Year's program, the first show in 2022. It's really great having you along. For those of you who do not know the show, it is a chat show where we have guest experts and other guests talking about and giving information on subjects that are important to our daily lives, whether it be medical, finances, education, community happenings. It all takes place on the show. So thank you so much for joining me. And from the team and the radio station, a very, very happy new year. And we trust that it's going to be blessed and prosperous. So the first Monday of the month means it's our education slot. And this is relatively new. I think we've had two in 2021. This is the third one. And our regular guest expert is Cherry Howell. And Cherry, it's a very, very warm and happy festive new year to you.
0: Thank you. Here I am, ready for 2022. And the question is, are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Well, that almost uh, gives our subject for this evening. But before we get into the subject, how's your festive season been, you and Jeff? I mean, it's have, have you, been
0: very pleasant indeed.
1: So it's been it's a, a, chilling, a good one.
0: Hey? It's been chilling, yes. Um, I think the best part about this time of the year is connecting with, with friends and family. Um, in the, in my case, my family is all overseas, and um, a lot of uh, uh, yes, my close video, uh, yeah, yes, thank heavens for WhatsApp video. But at the same time, it's it's a time to reach out and and chat to people, just as an SMS and or or text or a phone call is best for people overseas. Sometimes, if you, one remembers the old days of Christmas cards. Um, and newsletters you used to send newsletters out to, uh, and, and enclose it with a Christmas card, and those days are gone. And now mm. it's uh, you find something appropriate on your, on WhatsApp, and you and you send it to everybody. Everyone's in instant contact Absolutely. with WhatsApp. Absolutely, and but. Think of it from a positive, this is the new tech. And um, I've had so many messages from, from friends and, and all over the world. And that is a blessing. You know, you have friends, you, you're never lonely because um, that is, uh, we are social beings and we need to keep in touch. Sitting squirreling away is, is, is sad.
1: No. Yeah, uh, you hear the pastoring mm. coming out. And you, uh, Cherry and Jeff are uh, elders with Connect Church, so you hear yes. the pastoral no. side <laughs> coming out. And yeah. that, and that's really important because the whole, I mean, pastoring has even changed from, from oh. COVID, the way we relate to people. Uh, Pre-COVID, we didn't stay in contact as much with WhatsApp, WhatsApp video, WhatsApp audio as we do now. And I think maybe we need to... Uh, Sort of take a step back and try get back to the pre-COVID communication and relating to people, especially as yeah. it relates to children.
0: Mm. And uh, I think something very small is try. Um, if you can make a New Year's resolution, is try and and get back to looking at people in the eye when you talk, mm. and not being aware of your of your phone buzzing in your back pocket and we look down at our phones all the time and just start learning to, to um, look at somebody when they're talking to you and practice that skill. It's a skill we have in, inherently and uh, we've we've lost, many of us have lost that ability just to look and listen and we are seeing that as teachers, we're seeing that with the children that, that are coming into classrooms and that is that... Um, Um, they don't look and listen because life is just so busy and um, children are on the go all the time and parents are being distracted. So it's a a lost art of eye contact.
1: Yeah, I I think with COVID, COVID has actually compounded a problem that Mm. was already there with the the new tech Mm. generation, phones, Mm. iPads, laptops. It's just… Added another layer to the problem we already had before COVID.
0: Yeah, and also, we, you know, we wear masks over our mouths, and um, so we can't pick up um, facial expressions, and people don't talk. You know, it's, mm. it's just a, a sad indictment of, of what has happened. But you know what? We need to overcome this, like we've come overcome everything. I uh, often think back to my husband reminds me about the smallpox epidemic. Mm. Um, in the nineteen eighteen or round about there, 1914, nineteen eighteen in the, the end, towards the end of the first world war, and they overcame that with very similar similar um, protocols. and they didn't have the kind of tech or knowledge we have today. Mm. And, and, but we, we as as Christians, we know that we are tapped into a deeper force mm. and a stronger force. and absolutely in that is our hope.
1: Now, Cherry, um, after New Year, the big thing that's always in people's minds Mm. all the way from your five and six-year-olds up to the 18 to 20-somethings, and that's education. Mm. Because we uh, don't have the agrarian calendar and we start our educational uh, timetable calendar at the beginning of the year, in January, it's it's a big one for all of us. And I think one of the big questions that's asked... And it's not only for your grade R, your, your grade 1, your high school or university. It's right across the board. And that is, uh, is my child ready for school or ready for the education phase that they are going into? And this mm-hmm. often scares parents because they've got to make decisions that will often uh, impact their ch- children for the rest of their lives. And I, I refer to the right school, the right preschool, the right university. Talk around that.
0: Yes, I think that is it. You know, we've just had a wonderful Christmas and New Year festivities. Uh, we've given our children, our children have had some leeway. They've had a break from school, but ba- a break, many children a break from structure. They're going to bed later because the sun's, you know, goes down later. Our whole um, body cycles are more relaxed. And then once New Year's over, like it is now, uh, the next um, milestone ahead on the calendar is when does school go back, and many parents have got to go back to work, and um, and then the child's at home. So now the child, a little bit of boredom, is, is comes in.
1: But they don't have the same level of yes, interaction with yes. the people, especially adults.
0: You're right, and um, and it's just a whole different phase. You know, the holiday it's still a holiday, but the child is 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 missing um, school. Not. Don't get me wrong. Some children miss the intellectual um, stimulation of school, but most kids are missing their friends.
1: And that interaction. Right,
0: that interaction. And that is um, a very important reason why children go to school, is to learn social skills. So, yes, we think of schools as a place of learning and education and learning Um, The skills, academic skills, intellectual skills, but we forget that that's where the child learns to control emotions in a socially acceptable way. They learn how to take turns, which is a social skill. They learn how to win without bragging, how to lose without um, sulking. Um, and it's a microcosm of the world ahead. And they have to learn to be independent of mom because the mother-child relationship is is a very close one. Mm. And um, no matter if your child is going to, as a woman, if your child's going to, to grade R or perhaps play school for the first time or moving school and going into a grade, in primary school or in another grade in high school or or high school, all these rites of passage or even university, there's a fear from mom that your child will not be okay. And then you start becoming over overreactive and that- start wondering whether you've done your job properly. And the simple question is, you've done your job, so, so stop sitting with guilt. You create this child and you place certain skills in motion and your child will survive.
1: You know, uh, you talk about that uh, mother-child relationship and often mother-son relationship with the dad has, the dad, the daughter, his little princess. Mm -hmm. But that that bond and that connection is strong and that's a God-given connection and it's very, very important. But those connections have to... uh, Break or be minimized, you know, cut back. I remember my wife who was in, who taught preschool, when the one of the preschool kids went up to uh, grade one in those days, mom would come at certain times to the fence and breastfeed the grade one oh, no. child through the diamond mesh. And, uh, <sighs> As you can see, the, the, I think that bond went on too long, but that brought in other problems when the the, the peers saw mm-hmm. that, and all of a sudden the child had that dependency, didn't know that how to break the dependency, but then was making new connections and friendships, and the others thought this was odd, which it probably was odd, and uh, so that that child was on the back foot with interaction and emotions mm-hmm. with the, with the friend. Mm-hmm. So that that's an extreme example of it, and we under, we can. Talk about that yeah. and make a decision. But often this is a very gray area. It's a sliding it scale. Some yeah. s- some kids need more of that connection still when they start grade R or grade 1. Others become so independent by mom and they forget about mom f- for the rest of the day. So how important is it for a parent to know uh, you know, that elastic, how, how far does it pull yeah. in other direction? I think it
0: differs for, with every person. I also think it differs depending on how your own as a mother or father as a parent, your own relationship with your own parents and how you were raised because um, you pick up from your childhood and the way you were raised, the good things that you mm. want to perpetuate. And also you might have... Um, um, as a, as a wife or as a husband you you will have maybe the areas of your life that you are insecure about and um, you, you need your child as part of your security, this is your identity now, maybe you're not a, a wife anymore or you're not a husband anymore and um, you're struggling with, with raising children so you feel you your identity is both, both. parents so it will, you know, in, all rolled in one and you want to you want to make sure you're doing the right thing. So sometimes those little feelings of inadequacy on your part are picked up by your child, and your child thinks it's the norm. And I think that's a very important thing to realize that with children, going back to this baby's, this breastfeeding through the fence story, that little child thought it was the norm, and the biggest shock to his system was to discover that it wasn't the norm.
1: He was the only one. He
0: was the only one. So he had to deal then with changing things. And this is what happens with children who go into a school and their parents have not… they have not prepared the child for the school environment, and yes, the mothers and parents who the child leaves their lunches at home and then they drop off lunch and so forth. Okay, that's one one incident. But they, or with older children, they leave their homework at home, and then the mother drops it off at school. Now, most schools won't accept that because the child's got to learn to take the consequences. Mm. I'm just taking one one aspect. So. Um, Going to school involves a lot of readiness, and so could I just yeah. inter- interrupt mm-hmm. on that
1: point um, because you you brought it up. But parental involvement—how now? You well, part of the question you already answered with mm-hmm. a the teachers saying child must learn responsibility; they'll only accept so much. But how involved should a parent be w- with a child? And there often are minor conflicts, and mommy wants to get in that child, hurt my child, how much of it should we leave as parents to be resolved by the teacher and the teaching staff, and how involved must the parent, because often this happens when the child Mm. is young, Older, they get, Mm. you you notice, like with PTAs, parents withdraw and they don't get involved.
0: Mm. Mm. I hear that. Um, The word involved um, sounds like it's a physical Mm. um, interference or engagement call it whatever name you want, but involved means that the the parent is is there and um, trying to um, take the place of the child or the child's viewpoint whereas I prefer to use the word support and I'm sure I have teachers behind me that we need parents support we need them to tell us when there are issues going on at home so that we can understand you know a child is not just an intellectual being we there's a holistic approach to education and to schooling, and teachers today know about that. So they need to know if the ki- if the child is having issues at home with those kind of things.
1: And vice versa. S- if they're having versa. issues at school, school, the parent needs to be communicating. So it's
0: not a case of involvement. It's a case of open communication. Mm. Communication is, is different from involvement. And support is different as well. So um, we want... Um, PTA, we would love the parents to be involved, which means PTA, there's no such thing as PTAs anymore, it's governing bodies. So we need the support, the the involvement of parents when we have a fundraiser and all this, but we don't want the parents to be involved with the teaching process. Mm. We want them to support what we as teachers do. And if your child is is having difficulty with a rule, with a, a child, a social a social issue at school. The school needs to be involved. The I mean, the, 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 the school needs to be informed. Mm. So, bullying is like is is an, a topic for an, another. another talk because it's alive and well and it's not only in schools it's in churches it's in offices it's Mm. in companies and corporations it's in neighborhoods
1: but learning doesn't stop when the child goes through the school gate a parent I know with Sunday school parents Pastors used to say the same thing. Mm. W- don't send your children to, sc- to Sunday school f- and we must teach them everything about it. It's, g- yeah. it's got to be part mm. of the home. And to a lesser degree with mm. educators, the, the learning process mm. carries on at home, as you use the word, uh, mm. maybe not support, reinforcement. Yeah. So what, yeah. what the teacher is teaching at school needs to be reinforced at home so that the whole learning process doesn't get disjointed. Yeah.
0: Um, yet, um, I am often asked, you know, at what how how do I prepare my child for school? And I'm not only talking about high school, you know, preschool and all this, I'm talking about like school readiness for high school, or school readiness for varsity. and And the big thing to remember is that the relationship between you and your child as parent is biological. This child was, of your womb or it has been in your arms, you have been its mother, its parent, its biological. Whether it is your an adopted child or whatever, you are its parents. The teacher's relationship with a child is different. It's pedagogical. And that those are two long words which mean they are worlds apart. Mm. So when I have a class of children in front of me, I'm interested in their Social development, their emotional development, their physical development, their academic development—the sa- exactly the same way as the parent is. The mm. parent is also interested in all those factors, physiological, whatever. There's one difference, or there are a couple of differences. That teacher has um, there's a barrier, there's a boundary it's that I do not cross. I'm not the child's mother. I'm not the child's parents. I throw the ball in the child's court all the time and teach the child to problem solve. So if the child is having difficulty with, with academic work, that's where I'm trained. So I will help the child with the sum or the word they can't spell or the, the, the school skill that they're busy learning. That is my job. But at the same time, I'm there um, to listen and to suggest ways of solving, problem-solving a social situation. Like
1: but not, not to mother the child. Not
0: to mother the child because my relationship is pedagogic. I'm the pedagogue. Let's go back to that word pedagogue, which is a Greek word. And you think of in the ancient Greeks, um, the pedagogue, um, um, they taught life skills. As well as literary literary stuff, right? So um, and life skills is a subject nowadays at school. We, it's one of the top four subjects that we teach nowadays. So every child has to do some form of life skills from a trick. So um, the bottom line is that um, schools are different today to what they were when we as parents were at school, and children are walking in with with and trying to learn what is the difference between school and home and it's a, it's i call it a form of coding so and we do it as adults all the time the child picks up from a very young age what behavior is expected of me when i walk through the gates of school and what what behavior am i allowed to do at home or basic behavior and i'll just take an example for you most of us have a telephone voice Or a voice, a way we speak when we're doing business. And if we discover that the person that we're doing business was somebody who was at school with us as a kid, your whole attitude changes. Your
1: tone of voice changes. Exactly.
0: And even your body language if you happen to be meeting up with them. So um, a child is like that. They learn, they pick up cues from the time they're little and when they're very little around about 8 months they go through something called separation anxiety in which they look at all strangers very warily and they won't and they turn away and they won't go from one arm to another 6 month baby you hold out your arms the baby will come to you but 2 months later they won't so they're starting to learn then who is is who they're comfortable with, their and caregiver their in their little circle. And and it yeah. goes on. And many babies, are, many young children are put into creches from four months old and those kids will learn those kinds of skills. So there's children who grow up in a creche or an aftercare facility or in daycare, their social skills are so much more um, um, honed. Because they see the difference between the outside world and the home. Mm. Now, just to get back to your erstwhile question where you said um, involvement from parents. Parents don't realize that when they walk into the school to complain about a teacher or a kid bullying their own child, they are bringing home into the school. And a child, like we do, has a persona, a school persona. And... um, and, and, and as the child grows up, it becomes more and more obvious that they need to fit in with their peer group. And if you overstep that mark as, as the mom, we can all, all um, um, relate to instances when our parents embarrassed us. And it's, That's a big yes, one. Yes, it, 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 it's it's. I remember <laughs> so many incidents, and my own daughter, when she was in in grade seven at 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 school, primary school in Kirstenhof, um, I wasn't able to fetch her from school, so I asked my father in law to fetch her. Now he had an, he was almost blind, but <laughs> he drove a skedonk of a car, and you could hear it coming around the corner, and so she said, Grandpa very politely please won't you fetch me won't you rather park down one of the side roads and I'll walk and fetch you there and he was quite upset about that and I had to explain to him please you know it's it's a coding she doesn't want to it's like not, not that obvious. it's uncool for, for this to happen but they are so aware that this is her, her grandfather that she had a most wonderful relationship with but it wasn't part of her school persona
1: you know, I, I did yeah. that once many years ago when I was in SAPS. I went to school to pick my kids up in the police no. van and they refused to come out the gate. I mean, it was no. just.
0: It's bringing home into, mm. into the school. So um, you have to respect that with children. That's mm. where the pedagogue comes in. The teacher comes in is that you each child has arrived in your classroom with whatever's going on at home and has put that behind them and now is learning to face the world.
1: Could I just mm. go back uh, to something when you're talking about the six-month-old and the eight-month-old and going to someone? Um, uh, we might have referred to this before, but uh, I had someone come and pick up some books who'd bought books from me, and, I, and the two children mm. in the car, and the, uh, two lovely kids, one, four, other just over t- over two. And the four-year-old was so friendly, but the two-year-old, and the mom said, that's my COVID baby, born in COVID, mm. and yeah, never would be. left n- would be. never mm. left code, uh, COVID. Now, that child has no social skills. It has no way of interacting with people outside the family unit. That's mm. why it's immediate. Right. It's mm. Two years old immediately uh, gets very, very shy and even cries. Now, that's a skill that has been or the development phase has been removed. It's
0: actually an adaptation Mm. that this is in the normal adaptation. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I I saw a a video during the rounds about a little girl of about must be 16, 17 months. Um, And she's obviously a little girl that goes to shopping and that with her mom, Oh, she, she was. I think she was. Must have been almost two, actually. And she was pretending <coughs> she was using a tap, pretending the tap was a hand sanitizer. You know those uh-huh, ones when you yes, walk I into the mall. Yes, I think referred to that. Yes. Yeah, and she had her foot on the ground, tapping away like she was tapping at it. I saw was, that. Right, and, and of course there was a lot of canned laughter in the background, and I saw that as such a sad indictment because 2 year olds should be playing with tea sets and mud and. Um, water and sand and mm. that type of thing and, and and all cars in the dirt with a friend. Um, you know, children of... Uh, another thing you need to know also that two-year-olds um, parallel play. So they don't do social play. They don't take turns in play. So just think of two little guys on two motorbikes. One, and they're, they're each on their own motorbike and the one is almost mirroring the other one. But they don't... They don't stop at the stop street and allow the others. So, whereas four-year-olds they would play differently. They they would play with the same game, and and uh, that type of thing. But we can talk about social play and parallel play at yes. another time. Getting right. back to to schools, and I'd like to talk about about home schools because yes, I think but that before, is an important.
1: Yeah, Before we topic. get before we get there. The whole thing of IQ versus EQ, intelligence quotient versus emotional quotient. Uh, With school readiness, two children can be six years and one day old, identical age. But one is really intelligent but doesn't have the emotions to start school where the other one might not – I don't know if intelligence, intellect – to start school at that stage, but how important is that emotional readiness versus intellectual readiness?
0: Um, it is extremely important. It's more important. This. It's more important than anything else. is, uh, is your child's emotional level, we, no matter what school or place of education.
1: When you my are. youngest was in preschool, the teacher came to us and said, very nervously. I'd like to keep her back a year. And she said the biggest problem she has with with dads, dads don't like their kids being held Mm. back. It's almost like a personal affront. And we immediately said, yes, that's fine. She said, I don't think she's emotionally ready. For the rest of her school life, this child blossomed all the way to winning prizes. Because it kept her back. Because it kept her back. And she was a very clever child. Mm. And the teacher said that. But she said, she's not ready emotionally. And we said, well, if you say so, and we respect the teacher... Uh, good, good. And it and yeah. it it was beneficial for her for the rest of her life. She never mm-hmm. suffered from peer pressure. Uh, she actually was involved in the students' Christian Association. The One time they couldn't get the key for the the door. She was so confident and not worry about peer pressure. She had the pre meeting in the school passageway. Yeah. All the she other problems
0: solved <coughs> it emotionally. Absolutely. Yeah. So so
1: it's very very it's a as far as we know. It's vital that the child must be emotionally ready.
0: It must. It, and as, as I said earlier, we, we, when we talk about school readiness, we, we talk about grade R or grade one in the old days. Um, um, now, grade R is is mandatory. So... Um, it is more important than intellectual. It, mm. is, it is, and some children, because some, not every child is born bright or whatever. So the important thing to know is that your child is goes into the school where they'll be talking homeschool, um, where there is less of an importance on on emotional, because mother is there, to, and and mother has an emotional bond with her child anyway bearing in mind that when you're sending your child to school, your child's got to learn to build an emotional attachment to their teacher. So that's why homeschools are pretty pretty effective in terms of teaching intellectual stuff mm. because A, there are fewer children. B, uh, B, the child can progress at their own rate and well, so let's the, let's, yes.
1: let's segue to homeschooling and and, yes. and look at it. So, talking, I just I just yeah.
0: want to go back to this whole readiness issue, because readiness has been there's so much available stuff about red, school readiness. In other words, really to actually go to grade R or grade one, but there's nothing about emotional readiness to go to high school mm. or even move up a grade. Mm. And I'm, I'm years ago, and I'm wondering whether this. Person, Um, I'm still in touch with this person. I won't, I won't give his name, but he was arguably the brightest child I ever taught, and that was way back when I was teaching at Kenridge Primary School in the 1970s. And he was a um, a quiet boy, incredibly bright, and I had such a fantastic class of kids, and he was one of the youngest kids in the class, and in their in the right class intellectually, well. Um, and then um, I had a, a kid in my class whose father was this, um, the production manager at Nekumalan, the, the old art, the artscapes theatre. Anyway, to cut a long story short, um, we went there on a class visit to have a look at what they were doing. They were preparing um, Shakespeare's um, The Merry Wives of Windsor. So we went around and we went into all the back scene, we saw the whole thing. and when we came back to the class this this little boy, who will remain anonymous, said to me um, mrs hall i um I've read the Mary My Wives of Windsor, the Shakespeare version. We're talking about an eleven year old here, and I'm going to rewrite it and let us put it on as a production. so I said to him fantastic." And uh, those of you who know your Shakespeare will know that it's it's not really a story for children. It's about this big fat man called Falstaff, and he decides to woo two two women, at the same time. And um, this young man wrote the play, He had Charles and Mary Lamb's um, version, and he put it together and he produced and he starred as Falstaff. And we produced that play. We had the school inspector around, and his mother approached me and said they feel he needs to go, sorry, I should have told you this before, towards the beginning of the the first term, the second term, end of the first term, she came to me and she said she wanted him to be moved up to to the next grade because he's so bright. And I said, he's incredibly bright. I agree with you, but I think it will be better for him to stay in this grade because he's not emotionally ready. So I said he was a quiet, retiring boy and um, an absolute softy. And he tended to be by himself at break. But once he got this breakthrough of writing out this play and helping me to produce it and starring, he was the main man. The whole school came to watch the grade. This was standard four. And that's why I'm saying emotional ready. Uh, the child has to be. Ready. Going into high school is moving from the world of childhood into the world of teenagers. Mm. And teenagers are ruthless. The peer pressure, the The bullying, the the constant because teenagers are trying to find their self. They're trying to fit in. They're no longer a child and they're not yet an adult.
1: And they'll do it to the detriment of others. They
0: do they put they stand on the shoulders of other people to attain. And suicides all over the world, that's the age group that Mm. this happens. And if your child is not emotionally strong enough, to believe in themselves know which path they want to follow um, and um, they're not going to make it and that's where um, um, you have to choose the right kind of school for your child infinitely there are some children who are happier being educated with children with both genders Um, um, the, the the Reddams and okay these are private schools the Reddams and the Westerfords that and Berkeley High and Musenberg where you have official, um, where you have boys and girls studying together, there are other children that f- that flourish in single sex high schools. Mm. I, I feel quite quite strongly about about single sex primary schools because ch- girls learn vi- very well from boys and boys learn very well from girls, but when the child goes becomes a, a um, goes into high school. Um, Um, We um, often find that uh, girls that are, um, if they're in a school where they're all girls, your science and math schools, um, which are, historically speaking, you know, tend to be male subjects. Mm. And um, they can then... Far, for you know, go forward ahead with Blossom. this, they can, and uh, the same thing might be said of boys who go to a boys' school that they want to do um, um, history and um, um, those type of language or, or music or not non macho subjects, but because they're in an environment where they are all boys. And I see that particularly… They don't have to perform yes. to the
1: girls at yeah, that teenage they don't. stage.
0: And yet there's um, schools like Weinberg, which are all in a, in a campus, to, you know, together. There's a so much in social integration and to a certain extent quite a bit of academic um, as well. So that there is enough interaction. And I know that from from personal <laughs> experience. I went to a dual medium co High school in Durbanville, in the nineteen late nineteen sixties, and I was far too embarrassed to put up my hand and ask any question.
1: So when I there just, were boys around,
0: because there were boys, and um, at break time the girls would go downstairs to, uh, um, to the to the bathrooms and um, beauti- beautify themselves up because they were now interested in the boys in in the higher grades. So. Um, but, it, but the boys in my class, they were my friends, mm. but they were definitely not boyfriend material, but I still would would not put up my hand and ask. And some people would then argue, you know, you have this bitchy underlining if if it's a girl's school, and you have this bullying underlining if it's a boy's school. That is a fallacy. Mm. You will get bitchiness and bu- um, bullying in any situation whether right. it's the work surface or not workplace or not
1: look we're not going to get to homeschooling but what i want to just quickly we've got uh, two or three minutes left how important is placing your child in the right socioeconomic? we're not talking about races mm-hmm. anything we're talking about social uh, and pure economics like a child getting a bursary to go into a very elite school but mm. then it isn't fundi- funds to do the extracurricular. How mm. important is placing your child in the right?
0: I think it's it's got more than just um, um, paying for, for the fees. I also think that um, when a child who, who gets a bursary into another school, they've got to fit in. It's it's to do more. I mean, the, the expenses for certain things are paid for, etc. unless they've got a specific skill in something else. But the bottom line is is value system. Mm. You choose a school where your everybody else at that school has got the same value system. Not so much the same background mm. in terms of money. But unfortunately in the society we live in today, value system and money is is a very grey line mm. between the two. So there are many children out there, and please i'm I'm not bashing private schools at all, but I, I always look at that these are the children that they are they're going to be friends for life. Not many of us are friends with our primary school pe- people, uh, primary school friends, but your high school friends often you go with them through life.
1: I taught you know, photography in a private school and come into the term, these kids were talking about going on the dad's yacht to Mauritius, flying mm-hmm. to the holiday house in Spain. And if you're not part of that set, yes. it's very, very difficult because yeah. you just go home and you do your, and so there are these. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's
0: why I say it's a value system because mm. that's important to them. What what car your your dad fetches you from school in or what, what model phone you have. And so it is, it's a value system. There are many kids at private schools who do have that wealth, but the way they're they've been brought up.
1: It's not flaunted. It's,
0: it's a value system. Mm. They know that this has got value, but they don't make it their fo- primary focus.
1: Right. Well, unfortunately we've come to yes, the end of the show really. and uh, we don't have any more time to go into uh, no. into sub- just we've got like 30 seconds le- left. What one important thing a person's sh- parent should consider now with their child and readiness?
0: Um um, I think that if, it's important for your child to have some kind of problem-solving skills. Right. So when a child is, is nervous to go into schools, quite simply, they want to know where to go and what to do if something goes wrong. So those are the kind of skills. What will you do if you can't get a lift home from, from mm. here? Or what, what would you do? Where would you go? And a lot of children's fears about whether it's university or high school, they are based about... Um, their, their support systems and how they're going to problem solve
1: right right well uh, that brings talk us talk to your <laughs> child that's what I'm saying <laughs> Absolutely. talk to your child that unfortunately brings us to the end of the show thank you so much for taking time out to do the show with us uh, Cherry appreciate it and we'll be back with you in four weeks time and we have a really great subject then that's it for uh, Talk at Six with Wayne I really am privileged to uh, share these things and the information with you Until next week, it's goodbye and God bless.